From the Gert Boyle Studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. Oregon schools received over $17 million in federal grants this year for career and technical education. There are more than 1,000 CTE programs throughout the state, and many schools are expanding their offerings. Meanwhile, the Oregon Department of Education is in the process of creating its latest strategic CTE plan. Given all of this, we want to get a broad sense for what career and technical education is like in Oregon these days. Rhonda Rhodes is the principal of the Career Technical Education Center in the Salem-Kaiser School District. Stephen Duvall is the director of college and career readiness for the Ben Lapine School District. They both join us now. It's great to have both of you on Think Out Loud. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Rhonda Rhodes, first, can you explain how your center, the Career Technical Education Center in Salem-Kaiser Schools, how it works? Absolutely. CTEC is really unique. And in Salem-Kaiser, CTEC has the opportunity to serve 11th and 12th graders from around our two cities, from every single one of our large comprehensive high schools, for a two-year program of study. Students spend half of their schedule with us, so we need to get them half of their graduation requirements. We have them for four of their eight classes for two years, and we integrate curriculum in a really unique way. So students take two CTE courses in the industry that they've chosen to study, and then two of their core subjects, whether it's English and science or English and social studies, are taught to them entirely through the lens of their industry. Everything's connected, everything's relevant. Uh, Students never have to ask, when am I going to use this? Because everything we do with them is preparing them for their career. Stephen Duvall, so that's a a standalone center um, in Salem-Kaiser schools. Is that different from what you have in Ben Lapine schools? Yeah, it's a different model than we have. We have uh, seven high schools in our school district, uh, five comprehensive and two choice option high schools. And each high school has CTE programming um, at the site uh, for students to participate in. So we don't have um, a separate center in Ben Lapine, um, but we offer 35 programs across our entire district over those seven high schools. And so it's more integrated within their traditional school day, their, their seven period day, Um, And so depending on the high school, there's different programming, but um, students participate in those classes, whether it's once, twice, you know, some students participate in multiple programs at once um, throughout the day um, and participate that way. Before the phrase, the acronym CTE became relatively common, I I was used to hearing about vocational or technical training. Is there a difference or is this basically the, the same idea with a new name? I think about these concepts very differently. I think one of the things that makes this current version of career technical education so powerful is that we are not training students for just one single job. Uh, for example, CTEC does not have a, a CDL, you know, commercial truck driver license program. That would be a program that would lead to only one job. Every single one of our programs has dozens of job opportunities available within a sector. So just to use an example, students in our residential construction program can graduate from our program and they have industry certifications. They can certainly immediately go to work framing, roofing, drywall, those sorts of things. But we also have a lot of students exit and they've had a taste of electrical and plumbing and they're headed to apprenticeships. They really enjoyed the home design aspect of our program, and they're headed to a four-year university for architecture or construction engineering management. So CTE in its current iteration opens the doors to students 
who are interested in any level of higher education or no higher education who just want to get on with it and start making a lot of money. And I think that's a little bit different than voc ed back in the day, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And actually, your example of not um, letting students pursue commercial driver's licenses because that is a kind of – a one-way road towards one job, that was clarifying for me. Stephen Duvall, how much do you feel like the students that you're talking to, or maybe even more so their parents, understand the distinctions that Rhonda was just outlining? I think um, the students, they see that. I think our, our teachers do a phenomenal job of working with them in terms of career paths and trainings that are available to them and and different levels of education that will lead to different paths within the same industry. I do think for our parents, we work um, to kind of make them aware of that this isn't um, a vocational um, training program like you might be familiar with when when you were in school, that this is a a whole new iteration and you know, I think the kids go home, though, and they're excited and they talk to the parents and they and they talk to their parent families around, you know, what we did today and, and what Mrs. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so said we could do with this in the future. And I think that our parents and our families are starting to see, you know, through their students' eyes um, the different um, paths that are in front of them. So I, I do think that there is some misconceptions in terms of, you know, what folks might think CTE, CTE is. But the further we go down this road with this current version, I think we're starting to, to see those mindsets, mindsets shift with our families. Hmm. Rhonda, industry needs can change pretty quickly. How do you keep up with the, the employment demands that you're hearing from the private sector? And, and, and how much do you take their requests into consideration when you're designing an educational curriculum or or a a course pathway? Industry involvement is one of our cornerstones at CTEC. We actually have a really unique role. We have a relationship with the Salem Area Chamber of Commerce. We have three business liaisons, and their entire role is to connect business and industry and industry professionals to our programs. And we do that in a number of ways, but specifically to your question, each of our programs, uh, we conduct quarterly industry advisory committee meetings, and we ask them, what do you need in employees? Do you still value the certifications where we are offering? Are there new certifications that would give our students a greater competitive advantage toward employment? Are there new techniques? Are there new pieces of equipment that we should train students to utilize? Um, I'll give you an example. Our auto collision repair, our auto body repair and paint program, our industry advisors said we are getting so many electric vehicles in our shops, in our body shops, and the safety protocols around working with them are different, and we would love it if your students were familiar with them. And you know, we had to write a grant. I'm a public educator. I can't just buy a Tesla so that our students can train on it. But uh, we were able to write a grant and get uh, an electric vehicle kit car build that we could utilize to train students in those skills. That's the type of relevance that you need to maintain if you truly want to have next level programming. And we can't prepare students for the workforce of yesterday. We have to prepare them for the workforce of today and tomorrow. And the only way to do that is to connect regularly with industry 
and then truly listen to them and and work to incorporate their guidance. Hmm. Stephen, I want to turn to the age of students. Uh, you're, you're both focused on high school students, but in some European countries, and I think in others as well, they start earlier in terms of what, I don't know if they still call it tracking, but that's what it strikes me as. I mean, in Germany, kids who are the equivalent of fifth graders, they basically, many of them slot into schools that either have trajectories for universities or for various skilled trade jobs. What do you think of that model, an, an earlier start um, with relatively predictable paths? I, I would argue that I think leaving as many doors open for students as long as possible is the way to go because, I mean, we've all been through school and, you know, some of those students that may be struggling in middle school, they come back to you in high school and, and they've got it all figured out and they're on a different trajectory than maybe what most folks thought for them when they were in sixth or seventh grade. And so, you know, in, in my mind, keeping as many doors open as long as possible um, to, you know, we want our students to be full option graduates. So when they leave, whatever option they want to take, they can choose and change. And we know that people change majors when they go to college, they change careers, they change industries. Change is a normal piece that very rarely do you have the person that graduates and stays in the same role career for 30 straight years anymore. And so giving students that opportunity to, to see all those doors and participate and dabble in a variety of things so that they can find what's right for them, I think is more along the, the line of what we're trying to achieve here. Do we have CTE-like programs in our middle schools? Well, they're not officially labeled as CTE, they're in the same industry fields. And so we have culinary, we have engineering, You know, we have these programs at the middle school level that can start to expose these students to certain careers at an early age before they forecast into high school and see maybe more advanced levels. Um, but, you know, for us, you know, I would have a hard time with even with my own student who's a fifth grader, having them kind of moved or tracked at this young age, knowing that he's got so many different potential paths in front of him. I should remind folks that, um, Rhonda, we actually talked about one of your newest programs uh, in the fall, the Behavioral Health and Human Services Program, which is aimed at giving students a, a sense of grounding in all kinds of different possible careers in psychology or sociology or counseling or social work. So folks can um, search for that on our website. Uh, I'm curious about how you think about the percentages of, of so-called non-traditional students um, based on, on gender. This is something that the Oregon Department of Education tracks, among other things. And they found some, some pretty dismal numbers in terms of representation, um, say, of, of – girls in construction fields. Uh, what do you see as the biggest imbalances? And is this something that you're trying to address? That's such a great question. We have a process for recruiting students into our programs. We really try to bring non-traditional students with us to our recruitment events so that if a young lady might be interested in manufacturing, welding, and engineering, she can see that one of our young professionals at that recruitment booth is also a young lady. And we try to really help students see themselves in each and every one of the fields. And yet we still have a high number of females who gravitate toward our cosmetology program, even if we bring our young men to recruitment. Uh, we still see that we have more males than females applying to our residential construction program. 
Our numbers, though, have far less disparity than the industry itself. So we are trending in the right direction. For example, you know, we're looking at about 30% of our applicants to residential construction being female students for next year. And while that's not 50-50, it's certainly far better than the sub 10% that you would see among current industry professionals. I think for me, you know, there's a balance between wanting to have each program reflect both the gender and racial demographics of our entire community and wanting to make sure, though, that students are really working in their area of passion. So I think what's the most important for me is that every single student has access to equally high-wage, high-paying career opportunities. And so as long as our female students, for example, or our students of color have access and are accessing high-wage careers at the same rate, I feel comfortable even if some of our programs are a little more female-heavy or male-heavy, um, if that makes sense. You mentioned equal access to high-wage careers. That seems mm-hmm. like one possible metric. Uh, overall, how do you assess how you're doing? I mean, What do you look at to say we're, we're achieving our goals or we're falling short? Uh, Rhonda, first, and I'd love, love to get your thoughts on that, Stephen, as well. What we do is survey every single one of our students upon graduation, and then every year we conduct an alumni survey. We want to see what we call positive placement rates. We want to know that attending and completing a CTEC program made a difference in their outcomes. We had to define positive placement because this is not data that people are collecting anywhere that I'm aware of. We define positive placement as a student who is employed at a living wage in in the industry, a a career job, uh, an apprenticeship program, say electrical, plumbing, um, pipe fit or something like that, a two-year or four-year university or college related to their CTEC pathway or the military. And if someone is in a job that they did not need their CTEC program to obtain, for example, if they are working at Kentucky Fried Chicken out of our manufacturing, welding, and engineering program, we would not consider that positive placement. We have had about a 92% positive placement average in the seven years that I've been the principal at CTEC. And we look program by program. Where are we hitting the mark? Where are we missing the mark? Stephen Duvall and Rhonda Rhodes, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Stephen Duvall is the director of college and career readiness for Ben Lapine Schools. Rhonda Rhodes is the principal of the Career Technical Education Center, CTEC, in Salem-Kaiser Schools. Coming up after a break, earlier this month, Portland Audubon announced it was changing its name to Bird Alliance of Oregon. We'll talk to the executive director of the group about the new name and their plans for the future.